Welcome to Boundless Love Podcast. Here it's all about next level approach to love, leadership, and intimacy. I am your host, Sofia Sundari. Welcome, beautiful humans. I am happy to dive in with you in this episode where I'll be talking about my path and also how wealth is a part of my path and I believe a part of many people's paths and path in a sense of spiritual path in a sense that of the path that leads us to our supreme destiny that leads us to recognition of our divinity yes I profoundly believe that wealth is a part of that path for many many of us not for everyone but for many, many of us. I only can ever teach from experience. I have no other way to teach. I don't understand, I don't resonate with when people teach from just their intellectual understanding that does not land for me and I'm also incapable of showing up like that. So I only teach from my experience and my And many of you who have been around for a while, because there are lots and lots of people who have been with me since 2014, since 2013, some even since 2012, and I cherish you profoundly, but even if you are rather new to my work, you are so welcome, and even if it's the very first time you connect with me, you are so welcome here. And I want to share a little bit about unfoldment of my work and also the new direction that is very freshly born right now but is already taking gaining such a momentum so i used to be associated with the term tantra teacher although now it's been nearly three years that i haven't been using this title publicly still i know that some people refer to me as that and In its essence, the word Tantra is incredibly pure. It has nothing to do with what is commonly associated by this word. I realized that this word has become so biased, so I realized I wanted to disidentify from this title, from this identity. I do have what it takes to bring original purity to this world. And that's what I used to do. It's what I do also in, in my closer circles where I use this word more explicitly. But I felt that it was not part of my purpose. It is not really needed for the assignment that I am showing up for in my life. This is not really needed. Although Tantra is, in fact the path that I walk. And I will explain more about what this path really entails. And you may recognize yourself in this path. That's why I feel like it's really relevant because it is a really suitable path for a modern human. Very suitable. It has nothing to do with sexuality. Ooh. (laughs) Sexuality is a part of it, but it's only one part alongside all the other parts such as art, such as leadership, such as business, such as science and study, such as practice of yoga and asceticism, practice of meditation, and so on and so forth. So all of these, we can see them as branches of a tree, of a mighty, mighty tree that really encompasses every single aspect of 
humanness. And that's the beauty of this path, because it is an ancient spiritual path that involves recognizing our eternal nature while being active in the world. This is very, very different to the commonly known spiritual paths that imply that in order to be with spirit, you have to remove yourself from all worldly things. That's what most people associate spirituality with. Yeah, that it's something that is practiced in asceticism, something that's practiced being removed from worldly concerns. It's certainly practiced separately from accomplishing incredible success, uh, creating enormous wealth, experiencing pleasure of life and experiencing eroticism. Yeah. And to that, for that we, of course, have to look at our history and our upbringing and how profoundly we have been informed by the dogmas of the church, which uh, demonizes sexuality, which demonizes success, which demonizes wealth and money. So I have been profoundly connected to each of these branches. And what really makes them a spiritual path, what makes each branch a spiritual path, is the way it is approached. And it is approached in mindfulness. Each branch is seen and experienced as a portal to recognition of our supreme nature, of our ultimate potential. Each branch, when we approach art, not just as a, something we do when we have nothing better to do, but when we approach it in profound stillness internally, when we approach it from a place of mindfulness, it's like when the artist is exposing his or her soul on the canvas, this is a meditative state, and this is what mindfulness really means. You can wash your hands in a state of mindfulness and have a profound spiritual experience of a union with the divine. Because this is what is the ultimate potential. It is our divinity. It is our unlimited, unhindered, supreme nature. So I have been an artist my whole life. I love creating beauty around me in my home, uh, it's expressed in how I dress myself, it's expressed in how I dance, how I journey with music, my journey with photography. It's expressed in the temples that I create during my events. It's expressed in my way of seeing life, in my creativity, in my creative approach to life. I also have profoundly explored the path of sacred sexuality, and also the path of meditation and yoga and posture. Also the path of relationships. I spent about seven years of my life in total devotion to simply that. It was not something I was exploring sometimes on the weekends or after I'm done with my main job. No, that was my full-time commitment. And I've created a powerful body of work as a result of that. Courses, books trainings, retreats, thousands and thousands of people impacted and touched who have been in my close containers. Then since 2012, I really started anchoring the branch of leadership because I claimed my position as a leader in my life and also as a leader of my business, as a leader who leads 
myself first and also works together with others in that leadership. And since 2015, I have been anchoring the branch of business. And the branch of money and wealth, if we're looking at this mighty tree of Tantra, the branch of money and wealth was the branch that I was actually in avoidance of for many years because I considered myself to be above money and I really didn't want my work to be about money. Like, of course, I charged for my services and I had a really specific approach to charging also. I felt that I was charging more for my clients rather than for me. It was first for them so that they demonstrate a commitment, so that they demonstrate a choice. And only then it was about me and about growth of my business. And so I was in like certain separation from the approach of money because I had beliefs around that. I was thinking that I shouldn't be too successful because it's not spiritual to care about money. I had beliefs that I should not desire too much because it's not spiritual to desire too much because you need to be content with what you have. I thought that you really should not as a woman be very wealthy because it will be repelling to men because as an average man you would make far less money than I did so I didn't want to entangle into that identity in a wealth identity because I didn't want to be repelling to men I also thought that my man has to be the provider in our relationship and so I kept myself smaller in order to not activate that in order to not activate those fears that I had underneath those beliefs. Because those beliefs, they are fed by fears. And they are simply just a product of the upbringing. And they have nothing to do with reality. We are, they, these limiting beliefs, they are simply limiting how much space we take, how much light we actually shine. This is what it was doing for me. It was keeping me smaller. So it took a while for me to accept the in-depth exploration and understanding of finances and wealth and prosperity as part of my assignment. But I really approach leadership in a very specific way. I approach it through the prism of surrendered leadership. It's the only approach to leadership that makes any sense to me. It means that I surrender to an intelligence far greater than my mind that is moving me on my path. I surrender into my dharma. I surrender into this magnificent river that carries me home. And the money topic came up very strongly and I had to show up for it. I had to show up and listen. Very powerful episode that activated that for me was when I went out with my partner and he didn't have his wallet. And we went to a restaurant and uh, I had to pay because he forgot his wallet. And typically it's he who pays for us when we go out. And at that moment he was not available for that. So I had to do it. And I did it. And I clenched my jaw and I tried to not feel what it was activating in me. And yet, when we went out of the restaurant and he noticed that I was not really breathing 
and I was kind of turning pale, he asked me, he was like, hey, what's happening? <laughs> Where are you? Kind of thing. And I said, well, I got really, really triggered. So I started talking to him about that, although I was really ashamed that I had such a reaction. I was extremely ashamed that I had such a reaction that I had to pay. I was surprised, I was shocked, and I was really, really ashamed. And then we started talking about that, and I started unpacking what actually came up for me. And then I realized that I had a big wound around money, and that wound was feeding the beliefs the beliefs that were telling me that it's my partner who had to pay, that if I'm paying, it means I am not good enough, that I am not a good woman, that if my partner is not paying for me, it means that I am not desirable. All this nonsense, all this nonsense. I started to see that and I was like, wow, like it seems like I have some heavy stuff there. And I started looking at it, and then I started healing it. And that healing brought incredible results, because I didn't really change a lot in my business. And yet, through that kind of healing, through that kind of purification of all my money patterns, uh, really acknowledging all the blocks where I was holding money in such limitation, in such miserable approach actually where I was not allowing money to be a way that the universe provides for me I was not allowing money to be a means of support a means of encouragement for me I was not allowing myself to be fully magnetic to incredible wealth because I had all those blocks inside of me all those beliefs and I had to dedicate quite some time to untangle those beliefs. And once I did that, an incredible thing happened. My business skyrocketed, like instantly, like within a month. From like 20k months, 30k months, occasional kind of higher months, but average like in that, in that field, all of a sudden my business started generating 60, 70, 80, 100 and more a month. That's the power of the inner work. That's the power of energetic alignment. Because when you do this inner work, when you do the work on cleansing the mindset around money, you are arriving into energetic alignment. And so what makes money a beautiful resource and what makes money a part of our spiritual path, yes... It is if we approach it in mindfulness, if we approach it from a lens of the bigger picture. So the two events were not a coincidence. My business skyrocketing and me doing the work was not a coincidence. Because wealth is the byproduct of who we are, not what we do. Because you can have all the money in the world and not be wealthy. And you can have not much and yet be so wealthy on the inside. In fact, if you don't know how to be wealthy when you don't have any money, you won't know how to be wealthy when you have a lot of money. Because so many people have a lot of money, but they count every penny and they have such a profound scarcity mentality and they really don't hold money 
in beauty, in honoring, in a way to celebrate what the money can represent, actually. Because it's up to us to decide what money represents for us. It's who we are that gives power to money. Money by itself is not powerful. Money is a completely neutral resource. But it's who we are and how we approach it, that's what makes it powerful. If we hold money and we are generous, then the money will be an amplifier of this generosity. If we are kind, then the money will just add to our kindness. If we are compassionate, if we let ourselves feel deeply, the money will become a resource that we direct in the places where we feel it needs to go. We will know how to distribute money well. We will know how to hold money well so that we become magnetic to even more. We will know how to open to receive money and how to allow this circulation to take place. The receiving, the holding, the giving, the receiving. And we can tap into that flow because money is energy and this energy needs to flow. If we block the flow, we block the energy. If we grasp and hold and hold it like in fear that we might not have more, we are not allowing more to come in. What does it mean that when you hold money? What does it mean when you treat money with care? How do you distribute money? Who are you when you hold the money? With which kind of approach, with which kind of consciousness do you hold the money? This is what makes it into a beautiful part of a spiritual path. So I truly believe that money has to be in the hands of good-hearted people. Money has to be in the hands of people who live from within their souls. Because we are the people who have the capacity to treat money and use money in a way that it becomes a beautiful resource. And I trust that if you are listening to this, you are one of such people. And I realized that I did not need to crack this code of wealth only for myself. I realized that I have to teach it. I have to share it with, with my people. And that's why I created my new program. It's called Embodied Wealth Program. It's a, an amazing program. It's a five-week journey where we dive in very deep into money consciousness, wealth consciousness, abundance mentality, where we tap into eroticism as a key to our magnetic power we explore the wealth magnetism. We will have a ceremony of initiation and really starting of the new way of relating to money, of having cleanliness, having purity around money. So we will work not only on the mind, but also on the energy. And there will also be initiations and uh, ways to for you to really do profound work. When you do the homework, you will be doing profound, profound work. And also during the calls, during the ceremonies. So there will be five modules. They will be stretched through five weeks. Besides the regular calls, which are the transmissions and the ceremonies, there will be also two additional calls where I'll be picking up some people and offering hot seat embodied wealth mentoring. We are starting on the 18th of March. So depending on when you're listening to that, you may be able to join us 
live as, as I'm running it live, or you will be able to purchase the replay if you're listening at a later time. We will be meeting every week, and in between the calls, you will have really potent homework, and you will have access to all material for five months, which gives you plenty of time to revisit everything you need to really take the most out of it. So in the end of this, I wanted to just leave you with this, that you are the one who decides how wealthy you are. And there are codes and keys for you to hold and crack and understand that can open the path of tremendous wealth for you. So I would love to have you inside if that's the right time for you. If it feels aligned for you, I would love to have you in the inside. I will leave the link in the description of the episode to the course. And if you have any questions, welcome to reach out. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for tuning in.